The following program probably contains adult language and themes. Hey, welcome, listeners. We're here tonight with um, with Mark Panabecker, the uh, the bread baker. Isn't that what that means? Uh, actually, it means tile maker. Tile maker. They would bake the tiles that they would put on roofs. Okay. That's yeah, what I was told. That's right, because Germanic, the, the bread. You would think bread because in the Romance languages, pan, pan, yeah. pan is, is bread. But okay. Yeah. No, but this was more like panel. And right, got it. Okay. So, yeah. I'm not sure how the accuracy of that, but that's what I was told. Okay. Tile maker. I don't know if that was helpful for our listeners, but um, we hope it was. I can build a roof. Just name alone. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about um, the St. Louis Indie Book Fair, of yes. which uh, which Mark is actually the founder and organizer of, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. True. All right. Well, um, well, how did this all get started? How many years into the fair are we? And we can uh, we can start there. Okay. Well, we're we're four years into it, and um, now we have several book fairs. We have uh, PenCon, um, which is also in its fourth year. It came in right after I did. I didn't know them. Um, there is the um, Left Bank Book is doing their their book fair in the Central West End, and St. Louis Writers Guild does a book fair now. But four years ago, there wasn't any kind of thing like this. Um, And I had just finished publishing um, a small collection of poetry and a small collection of short stories. And I wanted to promote it. Um, And I was always good at organizing things. Like I mentioned before, I used to be a filmmaker, and so I can put things together. And I used to do events. And I used to have, I used to run an art gallery called the Third Floor um, Gallery. And Oh, you ran that? Yeah, that was mine. Uh, My old band played there a few times, uh, Cenozoic. I don't know. I'm I'm sure you had a lot of different stuff coming through there. But that was like a third floor. um, Jason Triefenbach was involved in that quite a bit right no there was a brief period after i left um that that it took a different turn and i think what you're talking about is is postmark i came in um and i had a silent partner and um things were happening i probably can't go too much into but there was co-mingling of funds and i was writing commission checks to the artists that sold and they were bouncing because my silent partner was, you know, commingling funds, pilfering the money, and it was it was making me look bad. It was making the gallery look bad, yeah. and so I just kind of slowly backed out of it. And then it had new management after that. So I think what what you're talking about maybe was was post Mark Pennebaker started but, to get a little bit more um, dadaist. I would I would say a little bit more chaotic, a little bit more bacchanalia. Then, um, no, in the beginning, it was very Bacchanalian and very nice in, in, in that regard. Well, it was a fantastic space. I mean, that it was, was a great space. It was a great space. And um, I don't know our, if anybody remembers it um, that's listening. Probably somebody does. But um, yeah, it was. It was a while back. It was, it was quite a few years ago. And um, but it was uh, it, it, it had it had great shows. It had great openings. Um, it was really just a, it was really a successful 
gallery. And um, um, uh, so, so anyway, so I was used to putting things together and making events happen and things like that, right? So I thought, well, I'll put together this book fair thing because at the time, four years ago, St. Louis didn't have anything like that. And um, so, uh, yeah, so I founded this organization, St. Louis Indie Book Fair. And it immediately, as soon as I started getting the word out, it immediately it, it became not really so much indie as much as it was just kind of becoming like a whole St. Louis book fair because the my original intent was to make it indie and, and independent publishers and independent authors and having uh, people with chat books, you know, stuff that they copied at Kinko's. You know, I mean, I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to represent all publishing. And, um, and then the self-published authors like myself, you know, they have like, you know, the, the, the best I don't know, published book that they can afford. Um, but then there's, there was an immediate interest by um, a couple of publishers in St. Louis. And um, it just... Can you mention them? Well, well, Penn, one of them is, uh, is uh, Jennifer Geis. Uh, she has um, um, uh, um, several um, offshoots of her Pen and Publish brand. Um and then there was a, it was a couple other ones. I, I, I can't recall them right now, but there's, there's a handful of local publishers in St. Louis. And they keep kind of a low key because the St. Louis market isn't really. Yeah, you don't hear much. There's, yeah, there's not much bubbling up to the surface in the, um, the local grapevine about, you know, oh, our publishers, you know, I, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and, and they're, they're doing great work, but. But yeah, they're kind of low key. They focus in other markets, like elsewhere, more reading towns, or I mean, and it's not that St. Louis isn't a, a town of readers, or it's just uh, I don't know that there's you know as much of a literary market. Say, I, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I think that's the. I think that's the issue. I think it's uh, it's it's a very uh, closed market in St. Louis, and. Um, the, the 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 handful of publishers that we have are working with you know a, a, a small group of authors you know because they they don't have the funds that the big companies the big publishers do and so they have to kind of keep it a little bit more low key like that um, and even if even if they wanted to become really big they may not have the the, the time or the funds to do it you know right. it's, but um, but but Jennifer Geis is one of them who's a full time publisher, and she has um, four different publishing companies. She has Open Book uh, Press. Let me see. I have to look at my website. Brick Mantle. Um, uh, but her, her but uh, the, her main imprint is uh, Pen and Publish. Um, and so uh, authors and publishers came forward, um, they, and, and authors who were had been traditionally published came forward and wanted to be a part of it. And I embraced them, of course. I said, yeah, sure, of course. And so um, it, 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 it kind of changed immediately. And so it wasn't this kind of rogue indie book fair anymore. And, and, zines which, and whatnot. With the zines. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was totally fine with that, you know, doing the zines. And, yeah, where and have they gone? <laughs> there's, there's a small book press expo uh-huh. that happens. It's coming up. Um, and they have it down at the uh, the city uh, library, 
um, and they have they have a big uh, uh, expo of, of of different zines, and it's a lot of fun and a lot of cool stuff, you know. But I, you know, I wanted graphic novels in there, and I wanted like you know, I just, you know, I just really wanted to go kind of, you know, underground. I really felt like you know the the publishing world had kind of changed, and there might be something you know there as you know just being just just independent. And I still kind of had this romantic idea of kind of like you know you know keeping it that way, but. <clears throat> The main function of the St. Louis Indie Book Fair is to is to foster authors of fiction and nonfiction and to bring readers and writers together. So it seems silly to exclude somebody because, you know, they had, you know, acquired uh, a major publisher, or, you know, or a major agent. It seemed kind of right. silly. So um, you can't be too good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's all relative anyway, right? So, right. but um, I, I, so I, I, I anyway the so so that's how the St. Louis India Book Fair came about. It was just something that I I basically started um, to promote my own books. Honestly, basically that's you know that's, <laughs> that's that's the truth. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to promote my own books, let's get all books, let's get as many authors as I can, and we'll all promote our books. And that's where the whole fostering and authors of fiction and nonfiction came together. Um, and then, um, and then we just kept going. We had uh, we had our first year was down on uh, on uh, Cherokee, and it was uh, it was a, it was a really nice turnout. We had maybe a dozen authors um, and a, a lot of publishers, uh, and it was it, it was it was a good event. It was in, it was encouraging. Um, so we're this year we're kind of back down into the Southside Cherokee area again. We're at uh, at an old the old St. Matthew Church uh, at Potomac and South Jefferson, which is like about a block and a half. Oh, uh, Trefpunked. Trefpunk. Yeah. Yep. And it's a, a block and a half. Um, let me see what what's the address there? Forty Trefpunk, which means gathering. Okay. In German, uh, thirty-four fifty-three South Jefferson, and um, it's a big church, right? It's been it's been remodeled, and we have uh, forty tables full of authors, um, and we have a couple of sponsors. We have uh, Craft Beer Cellar on South um, uh, Chippewa, no, yeah, no Cherokee, South Cherokee, and Dunaway Books, which is on South Grant. Any food? Um, well, I was going to have food, um, uh, but the guy was a, who, who has a small sandwich shop on um, Cherokee had to back out. And I couldn't really find anybody. I'm not offering things. my services. No. Well, <laughs> is I that what you're saying? Because no, no. I, we have a kitchen. I, oh, you do? There's a kitchen in the basement. Wait, oh, I was mentioning to Mark earlier that I don't do any sort of food business whatsoever anymore. But, you know, whenever I hear of like a kitchen available, I'm like, oh, I could go in there and do something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll yeah. talk about it. I'd have, to, I'd have to see the kitchen first. But then there's also the issue of like, well, you, you're having a book fair and you have all these books around and you don't want to serve like spaghetti and meatballs to people. You know, you have to. You have to narrow down what food you're going to allow people to walk around with. Yeah, no Not sauces. Yeah, no soups. No for soups. Right. 
<laughs> well, the guy that was going to do it made sandwiches, and that would have been perfect. You know, and also uh. the thing is, that, you know, as um, as a food sponsor um, for the for the fair, there there were limitations because I mean, we, there is a kitchen, but we have to make special arrangements to, to to get down the kitchen. Then you have to heat the food, and have to keep the food hot, or you have to keep the food cold. Yada yada yada, blah blah blah. And craft seller. Um, craft beer sellers they have their own refrigeration thing for their beers that they'll be selling um, and then Dunaway Books will have a table with just all kinds of great you know old first editions and interesting books that represent their bookstore on South Grant and then Sarah's Proof Publishing will be there okay. and um, and she'll be promoting uh, the, the Six Comforts book with Chris Gustav and actually Chris Gustav was one of the first artists at my gallery uh, the third floor gallery um, okay. Just a side note. Um, he made more than one appearance there, didn't he? No, he just only made. He only was there one time. One show. Okay. One show. One he time. was there a lot. He was. Oh, he was there. Yeah, at every opening, he was there. Yeah. Um. So. So I decided. Well, okay. So I'm not going to worry about the food thing. So so there's not going to be any food. Um. But there'll be booze. So that's the okay. next best thing, I guess. Well, if if that's your thing, <laughs> I'll be bringing a well, thermos of coffee myself. That's true. Well, they they will have water and soda. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so that's going to be at the Truft Punk uh, on November third from ten to four thirty. So we're back down on 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 Cherokee Street. Okay. Um, What's the date again? That's November November third, Saturday, and November third. Oh, it's a Saturday. Fantastic. Yeah. That way, you don't yeah. have to worry about people working. Yeah, it's right. the first. Right, most people. <laughs> uh, so it's the first Saturday of the month there. So that's uh, that's 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 uh, the St. Louis Indie Book Fair. We. Um, so what is it? Uh, what what uh, part? What stage of the um, of the putting on of it are you in right now? Are you mainly just in promotional mode, or yeah, um, logistically, like it's pretty much all set in stone and everything's set up. Everything is uh, you know the the rent uh, the rentals have been paid and the the, the deliveries have been scheduled. Um, and uh, notices have gone out to all the authors that are participating and. Uh, now it's up to them to do their promotion, which so many authors are so bad at doing. Yeah, and if any of them are listening, please get off promote. your ass and begin to yeah. promote the new <laughs> book fair. Promote your stuff. This is man. this is your thing. This is for you, you know. Yeah, let's talk about um, how awful um, authors can can be at yeah, self promotion. Horrible authors are they? Well, they we really are. I mean, it's a solitary craft, you know, and so. A lot of us aren't uh, extroverted, and I am, but but a lot of authors aren't. Right, and and so they have a really hard time with 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 promoting themselves, and um, and that's the reason I started St. Louis Indie Book Fair was to promote my books, and then you know, and then you know whoever else wanted to come along for the ride, you know, and so <coughs> excuse me when I have these <coughs> when I have this fair. I keep encouraging the authors to 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 promote and to you know create a Facebook page and invite people and um, you know and and Twitter and Instagram and and um, 
and some of them do. Um, there's a couple of authors that are really good at it. And you'd think that that would not be an issue because, you know, social media, you can still do that in your underwear, you know? Right. And you don't have to go out and see anybody, really. Yeah, you, you don't just... have to go off the sandwich sign saying, you know, buy my exactly. new book. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't know what it is, man. But... Um... But they, some of them are really good. Some of them get it, you know, because it's a business at that point. I mean, once your book is finished, it becomes a business. Right. And you've got to promote it. You've got to sell it. unsavory aspects to running a business. I mean, you know, I don't think social media is that unsavory having to do it. You know, I mean, I, I do a bit of that in my, right. in my work. Yeah. And, like, it's... It's like you just got to keep doing it. It's a consistency thing, you know. Well, and it's and it's aggravating and frustrating, you know, because if you're not getting like immediate hits, if you're not going viral, right. then it feels like you're just spitting like, in the wind. Oh yeah, but but then you keep doing it, and it's like okay, there's a cumulative effect, and it you know it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen in two weeks. It doesn't happen in well every single social media post is is a brick in a wall, you know, pretty yeah. basically, and you know, I. I would say, and you know, I, I've told this to clients too. It's like, and I would say the same thing to anybody doing independent music or independent writing, publishing, what have you. It's like, you know, you don't think about the outcome that you are expecting and desiring. You you put you put the focus into creating that content and saying, all right, this is me communicating with an audience and you know this is my chance to talk to the people who i hope will buy things from me you right. know right. but instead of focusing on you know some grand final outcome just you know focus on the work of it and i think once you do that you almost find that it's it's not that much different from writing you know from the work of you know writing a book especially since you can do it on a computer in your underwear at home yeah basically well, in, in a sense it, 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 it is similar in a lot of ways because you know it is kind of like just you know uh, another chapter you know right. um, this the, the social media um, is you know it's just another character it's you the know, chapter that, that doesn't end and then it keeps you know expanding off into different yeah. you know it keeps branching off into different things but in that way it's kind of fun you know, I, I, I I enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Um, it when it's done well, um, it it's 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 rewarding, you know. I mean, if I put together something, uh, and, and as as far as promotion is concerned, and and it and it gets so it generates some interest. I, I, I feel like validated, you know, and I, I it feels really good. Absolutely. You know? So. Yeah, and I think maybe that's a, one of the reasons why maybe a lot of a lot of authors and a lot of artists don't do a whole lot of self-promoting is because there is that fear. I mean, first of all, you know, you've got to stand there naked with your work as it is, and it's developing another voice. And then, well, yeah, yeah, well, well, it's developing. It is, it is. I mean, so who is? So when does the real voice come out? When is the real? Mark Pennebaker's voice come out. Does it come out when he's the author? When does it come out when he's the promoter? You know, or does right. it you know, come out when he's you know at three o'clock in the morning? You know, yelling at the moon. We're Probably not going to record that, that tonight. Make it yell at the moon. So, uh, so yeah. So it is another voice, and 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 they, and, and it's another chance at, at rejection. You know, you right. just put your you, you're, you're going out there and you're promoting yourself, and you're not getting any hits and. You know, people can only take so much, you know. But 
that's just part of the you know that's just part of the the, the process so well and they, there again it's like you kind of you can kind of draw a comparison to like you know um writing books it's like i you know i've written two books and i've self-published them so i haven't like gone the route of having manuscripts rejected 7500 times before i get approval but for those people who have it's like yeah, all right have, yeah. if you have experienced a lot of rejection you can kind of look at social media as like just another exercise yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the acceptance of rejection and the need to persevere. <laughs> yeah, or or another aspect of the fuck you wall because I mean I, I right. had a fuck you wall and I sent out when I first started writing. You know, it was uh, you know you had to you know, find an agent or you had to find a, a publisher, and so you had to send out query letters and sample chapters. And oh, the fuck you wall. Yeah, I think you've just, you've told me. Did about I tell this. you the last time? Yeah. yeah. So every time I got a rejection, I I would put it on my wall and it would be my fuck you wall you know it's like you know I'd walk by and say yeah fuck you and I had a loft downtown and, and it was and it was a big wall and so a you lot had, of oh rejection. you had a lot of okay well that's I, good that's testament to your perseverance yeah yeah sure sure <laughs> so but I, I I kept those letters I mean when I when I moved out of that loft I kept those letters and they're they're still in a box and and uh, I don't know why I kept those letters but maybe one day if I ever make it you know I'll like look back and I'll find that that publisher that rejected me that now wants me I don't know like whatever. letters from an so old lover romantic thing. yeah right. <laughs> yeah 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 so uh, yeah so that so you had the social media fuck you all <laughs> so that so you're uh, you're in promotion mode right now uh, you want to remind uh, all of your authors who are involved to to get get going on it um, and mm, so what about the work of writing then? And that's something we haven't quite touched on, and this might end up taking us a little longer than we expected, because we'd be getting into um, like um, process. Yeah, process, man. <laughs> um, like I've, I don't know, I've. What do you do? You have anything going on right now that uh, that you've been working on for twelve years or anything like that? Actually, yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, I I have, I have this twenty-one part series of novelettes that I, uh, I'm working on now. It's called The Fool's Journey, and it's, um, it's based on, inspired by the, uh, the major arcana of the tarot. And it's, um, it's a story that I've been working on for 12 years, and it had taken different, um, I don't know, uh, different voices. You know, it was going to, it was always going to be this kind of Zen, the art of motorcycle maintenance meets on the road, you know, and it was called, I haven't read either one of those and both of them are very good. That's what I hear. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, it was going to, originally it was going to be called, uh, the adventures of Johnny Banff and Lily little thunder. And it was going to be about a guy on his motorcycle traveling around and just, you know, getting into this, you know, this, this journey. Um, emotional spiritual intellectual you know creative journey and each chapter was uh was represented by a card well that's the, that's that's what's happened now with that story but 12 years ago when i actually more than 12 years ago when i first started working on the, the with the, the the germ of the story um over 12 years ago um it was uh each chapter was basically gonna be kind of like a state kind of thing he was traveling on his motorcycle 
uh, across the United States, and so you know, oh, it's going to be broken down. Yeah, <laughs> so you know that was going to be, and then it, and then it, I changed it to then it, then it took on another voice, and I and I was going to call it was going to be called something else. Oh, it was going to be called a, a portrait of a, a portrait of a tourist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard the story about the fool and his journey through the major arcana, and the major arcana. In the tarot, are the for people who don't know, are the like the lover, uh, death. You know the cards you always see in the movies, mm-hmm. right? Those that's the major arcana, and they all tell a story. The spooky ones, the spooky ones, the and, ones and, that, those, and those, those are the ones that get focused. and the beautiful ones, the high priestess right. and oh, things like that. Makes but, me feel good. Yeah, yeah, like the James Bond movie pulls, you know, it turns over death. You yeah. know, it's like, oh my god, oh no, but that means you have a bright future. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's 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 re, it's reborn. It's you know, <laughs> rejuvenation. Yeah, everything's positive. Some tarot readers are like everything is positive. Nothing's ever negative. You know, it's like yeah, they suck. Yeah, they do. They do. They do because because there is negative. It's it's reverse. I mean, when the card is upside down, it's reverse. It has a reverse meaning. Um, but anyway, so. The idea is that that the fool uh, travels on travels through his life, and he has all these influences, and they're all the major arcana. So the first one is the magician, then the high priestess, um, and the empress, and the emperor, and, and it goes on and on and on. And with each influence, it, the fool learns m- more and continues his journey, and it's. It's broken up into seven parts. So the first seven um, of the 21 is uh, about the, the physical aspects of, of life. So I have my character, Benjamin Porter, in his, from his 15 to his, his mid-20s. Okay. Living in very physical life in the 80s, right? You can imagine. And then the second seven set is about um, creative intellectual journey. The life of the mind. Yes. Okay. <laughs> On both sides. And I worked that in wherever I can. That was good. Yeah, well done. Well played. And the, the last seven is uh, his spiritual journey. So he's not... So the fool, like Benjamin Porter, my protagonist, isn't a Buddha. He doesn't reach enlightenment relatively early in life. His journey is throughout his whole life. So the book will take him from, from 1565. So I start him back in the 80s so that I could end him, end the, the story basically about now. Um, so I need to kind of, I'm a little behind schedule, so I need to kind of catch up a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm finishing up the seventh book, The Chariot, which will be the arc to the second set, his creative and intellectual journey. And so the first seven was basically him just you know, just experiment with drugs and sex and rock and roll and new wave punk and fights and just being... Enjoying himself. Yeah, just being a Midwestern kid, you know. Just a shitbird. Little, yeah, a little <laughs> asshole sometimes. <laughs> and I and I, and I worked really, really hard at it not being, like, you know, autobiographical. So... What about pornographical? Well, I think I did it tastefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. Now, yeah, that's uh, an interesting. That, that's a topic. I'm, you know, there's a. I've got a, a novel that has gone from you know autobiographical nonfiction to fiction, and then back, and then back to fiction, and we're we're settling on fiction now. Yeah, are you and, doing a first person? Um. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, oh, no, wait. Am I? That's another thing that's gone back and forth. I tried first person, and, and it just made it feel... This made it feel autobiographical. I well, do it. yeah. The, actually, you know what? That's uh, that was the other thing that I've broken down. It was that um, the actual the book itself is third person, but that now I'm doing a series on the website from which this podcast emanates. Actually, and there there are two little posts up right now. They're behind the the paywall at this point because. Basically, I'm uh, I'm putting up source material, but that is in the first person, and I'm doing that solely as like blog posts. And so gotcha. I've got like this, you know, undulating. It's not in chronological chronological order. It goes from place to place to you know time to time. But it's still fictional. Still fictional, based on Ish. true things. Yeah, based <laughs> on true things that happen. Because it's like I don't want to tell the exact story. Number one. Um, and number two, it's like that's the exact story is not as good of a story, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I think that's called a, a an autobiographical novel, you know, because the idea of a novel is fiction, but when you do an autobiographical novel, it kind of you know blurs the line, right? But yeah, so sometimes yeah, the original story isn't as as interesting, right? <laughs> well, and, and it takes too long to tell, too, because, um, I don't know, just all of the things that, that you experience as that first person, you know, your experience as that first person is a little bit more rich and detailed than, you know, and than what the what the reader is going to end up being able to concentrate on, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it helps if you have, you know, if, especially if you do third person, and you don't do too much head hopping. It gives you an an, an opportunity to to add an extra layer to the story. Yeah, and, and that was the other reason I wanted to do third person was because I want to be able to do the head hopping. Yeah, you know, I think it's gonna. You know, I like head hopping. Some people don't, but I I, I like it. For the listeners at home, head hopping <laughs> is um, what? How would you define it? Uh, when the narrator, uh, like, uh, if the narrator was describing this scene, uh, he would use an omnipresent uh, take on what I was thinking and then jump into John's mind, what he was thinking. <clears throat> and then if uh, a third person walked into the room, the narrator would then have the opportunity or chance or at his discretion or her discretion to jump into their mind um, and tell us what she was thinking about me and John talking about whatever we're talking about, you know, and then you could go down to the neighbor next door and get into their mind of what they're thinking about the noise that these two people are making upstairs. So head hopping is just going into any character you want thought process. Hopping from head to head. Hopping from head to head. Yeah. Well said. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? I don't know. Have we, have we covered everything? Uh, we, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about the, the process for another year. Oh, pardon me. But, um, yeah, so do you, you, you don't have a, a timeline on, on finishing this project, do you? Let's go back well, to that. Well, okay, so real quick. So the, 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 the series of Fool's Journey, it's, um, it's, it's ebook only um, because they're novelettes. They're basically just like long, short stories. And I thought they might work as an ebook. Um, I printed out a, 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 a prototype, a protocopy of it, and it's, it's a small book. And, it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell it, but it's, it's a small book, you know. And so I want to wait until the whole series. Well, I want to wait until the first seven is finished. Um, before I before I print it and, and make it available, um, 
So, oh, so you will ultimately print it. I it will be printed ultimately, yeah. yeah. And it'll be printed as a trilogy because you know the first seven, the physical journey, the second seven, you know, yada yada. Oops, sorry, hitting the mic. Um, so they will be published, um, but right now they're ebook only, uh-huh. and so they're they're available. You can go to markpennebaker.com and 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 find them. Um, I think the cool thing about ebooks and, and never issuing a, a printed version is you can you can redo it <laughs> and but have the same title and the same graphics and everything and then somebody else who reads it i mean if you get to that level where you know more than four people have read your book yeah, yeah. oh did you read this book i certainly did i didn't didn't you like it when uh, blah 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 what are you talking about yeah, that never, never happened, happened. <laughs> <laughs> i knew exactly where you were going like yeah, yeah. Well, i i have i have gone in and i I'm have updated of, that's kind of what i'm doing with the with the blog series the art of self exile so like it's, it's. I, I'm issuing the when when the posts go public, and they're not behind the paywall. Like there's that first iteration of it, and then I take it behind the paywall, and you know I make edits to it, right? And you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of it's sort of I, I'm taking some cues from David Lynch in in that regard. I think in that you know there's no firm. There's no firm perception of an objective storyline or, or anything like that. And it's like, you know, the experience that one gets is the experience that one gets at, or, the, time. Or at the time right? or that one needs to get. Yeah. Well, for, for the for my series, it's like I, I, I realized that as I had I had a, a broad strokes as far as the plot and the storyline was concerned. Um, but I was really trying to kind of like let it play out itself give my character enough room to kind of just grow and trust my writing skills to to keep it tight and keep it together and mm-hmm. still get from point a to point b and still have the arc and all that kind of stuff so but i realized that there was a couple of things as i was developing the story that i needed to kind of tighten up in the in the earlier versions of the magician and the high priestess mm-hmm. So I was able to go back and and make those changes, and you know, no one will know. Yeah, when you get further <laughs> along in it, you start to realize the problems that you have, the problems that exist in the earlier parts of the work. Yeah, like yeah, that's. I mean, I we know that I did a cookbook, and like that's even doing a cookbook. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's like you start to get near the end of the project, and it's like, oh, but this isn't a story. But the problems, there are problems that I didn't necessarily notice because now I've gone to this this future point where it's like, right. yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to be able to edit like that. Yeah, that's the great thing about editing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, edit this show. All right, man. Well, yeah. it's been good having you. Yeah. I, I think we probably, we didn't finish talking about anything, but that's okay. We just, we talked about several things and and... And left them where we left them. Yeah, but that's all right. Um, But we should definitely wrap it up by um, plugging the St. Louis Indie Book Fair again. And in summary, what would you? uh, How would you like to take that out? St. Louis Indie Book Fair is going to be at the Treff Punk um, November third, thirty-four fifty-three. Thirty-four fifty-three, South Jefferson. South Jefferson, and uh, there is going to be. Literally hundreds of titles from fiction and nonfiction, from children's to cookbooks to to literary, science fiction, horror, memoirs. I mean, it, the gamut. And if you're looking for something good to read by 
local authors, um, this is definitely the place to go. People you could actually have a cup of coffee with. Well, yeah, and, and you and meet them, you talk to them, you, you, know, you buy a book, you have an autograph, and yeah. you'll see them out and about. You might find somebody you want to have a beer with. And there's going to be beer. There was just going to be beer. Yeah, no sandwiches. There won't be any sandwiches, yeah. unless, unless John decides to bring... <laughs> Uh, how many um how many um at least 40 city ordinance hoops would have to be jumped through to to make the kitchen happen but yeah that's one of the reasons i got out of it it's just all that legal shit yeah anyway not that i'm an outlaw it's just you know just uh try to avoid having more laws on me smart move um okay so great man thanks for coming by it's been it's been a great talk and um you know, I wouldn't mind having you back again. Totally. You, you haven't shit on the rug or anything, so. <laughs> nice guy. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks, man. All right. General Concerns is produced by yours truly, John J. Goddard, and emanates like a lotus from the navel of johnjgoddard.com in the Tower Grove South neighborhood of St. Louis, Missouri, USA, with music by John J. Goddard and financial support from your membership at johnjgoddard.com, which is my website. If you'd like to be a guest on General Concerns, get in touch with me at johnjgoddard.com, my website. You will endure a detailed screening process that may include your analysis, a polygraph test, metal detection, and a multiple-choice quiz to determine the bent of your character. I'll analyze the results, then probably invite you to the studio, regardless of my findings. Thanks for listening, and may peace be with you.